0: Hi, and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis, and I'll be your host for this evening. We'd love to have you come and visit us at uh, some of the other places where we exist. Um, First one is either at Library or Odyssey. You can go there at https colon forward slash forward slash lbry.tv. Or you can go to odyssey.com spelled O-D-Y-S-E-E dot C-O-M, and just type in at Friends of Brother Adam, all small letters, no spaces, and you can find us. Um, Another place you can find us is on Find Podcasts Everywhere. However, our home is on Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, and uh, you can get both Library, Odyssey, and Anchor as an app on the Google App Store. That being done today, we're going to be working on a D5, operate, maintain trucks, trailers, and accessories again. Boy, for being a subject that I really don't find too much interest in, I've actually done three podcasts now of uh, of this particular subject. It's because it's kind of important if you don't do your primary maintenance checks and services Every time you operate your vehicle, you are going to end up with problems. Things are going to crash, things are going to break, things are going to die on you. Expensive repairs are going to be happening, and we don't want that, do we? We want to spend all our money like uh, good little beekeeping addicts on the stuff that beekeeping uh, is all about. We want to spend them on bees and and hive equipment. So we don't want to spend it on all the rest of the stuff. So let's do our PMCS, our primary checks and services every time we operate the vehicle. And uh, we also want to do it um, on a semi-annual and annual basis as well. So, but when I was talking in the last podcast about it, I was kind of general. And I had a, um, a question from Tam McLaughlin. Um, he is from here in Canada. He didn't name his location, so I can't, <laughs> I can't give him that much of a shout-out. However, um, he asked that uh, I go over a little bit clearer um, what kind of things I'm talking about when I'm talking about PMCS for your beekeeping vehicles, such as a flatbed truck, uh, a truck with a lift on it, a truck with uh, a boom on it, that kind of things. Um, he kind of wants to uh, be a good um, beekeeping worker because uh, that's what he said he was. Is is he's uh, he he works for uh, a beekeeper. And uh, he, he wanted to know what kind of things he could impress him, his boss with uh, by doing and then showing his work type of thing. So, And I think that's a great idea, um, you know, getting to know the things that you are supposed to do every single time. I've actually been hired on some jobs um, full time when they were just casual jobs um, when I was told to go out and uh, get in the vehicle and go do an errand, um, I went out and did my primary maintenance checks and services before I even started the vehicle. And then I started the vehicle, uh, did a walk around, you know, did all those things, jumped in the vehicle, uh, noted down the kilometers, checked over my shoulder, and then left. And sure enough, the boss was watching. I didn't know. <laughs> and he's like, damn if he's just doing that for an errand that I'm asking him to do, I want that kind of, uh, um, working work ethic, uh, in, in my employees. So I'm going to hire this guy. So he hired me full time rather than part or uh, casual. And, uh, it was one of the ways that I ended up getting a good job. Um, so let's go, let's jump into this. Um, this is, uh, PMCS for beekeeping vehicle or truck. So there are certain things that are on schedules. There are certain things that are on twice per year, certain things that are on once per year and the twice per year and once per year, I'm just going to throw it together. Um, and then there is inspect daily on every use. So, um, And I'm going to throw in the daily and every use together as well. So um, some of these things in the daily category, um, you don't necessarily have to do every use. But if you do it at least once a day, then you're going to be able to catch a lot of the stuff that's happening. Okay, so lubricants, they are on a schedule. You need to change your oil and filters and check your exhaust system as well. It doesn't really fit into lubricants, but when you're checking your oil filter and you go and you're changing it and you go down underneath the vehicle, hey, you're underneath the vehicle, so why not inspect your exhaust system? Okay, so with those things, um, you know, it's always good to know how to change your own oil. I absolutely hate changing oil, uh, mostly because <laughs> I end up wrecking my shirt every time I do it. Um, I go up underneath there and, and uh, grab a wrench and go undo the uh, the little nut down there or bolt down there that uh, uh, o- empties out the oil pan and you know you put your your oil catchment device underneath there and turn the wrench and sure enough all that oil just runs down your down your hand down your wrist and into your shirt and it's just like oh, another shirt <laughs> so um, I, I just just like it and if I can go and get it done and pay the guy $30 to do it that's a $30 shirt that I don't have to buy so <laughs> but it is good to know how to do it yourself and if you are an employee you might be the person that your boss gets to go do the oil because he knows that you're going to you know actually put the uh, nut back in the oil pan or or you're actually going to actually do the work and not just pretend you did the work. So um, being able to change that, just know that your oil filters are going to be um, sometimes quite a bastard trying to get it off. And so you're going to end up having to get yourself an oil, uh, oil filter wrench. It just slips on then tightens over the oil filter and just kind of helps you get some leverage on that slippery oil filter um we're going to go over legal stuff and uh this is you know usually two times a year the first time a year is just for you to check for when it's due and then the second time a year is to check that it got done so um things like uh, checking to see that your vehicle still has a license plate on it, that uh, if applicable, it still has the stickers on it that says uh, the year and the month that it's supposed to be uh, renewed. Um, Up here in Canada, the government's decided that they're going to get rid of the sticker thing because it costs them money. And they want to, they want to, Uh, keep as much money from us as possible, so they're going to charge us lots of money to drive a vehicle, but they're not going to give us a sticker for it. Hoorah. Um, You need to check to make sure you have insurance papers, registration papers, um, and then uh, when the registration insurance is due. You're also going to want to check the registration papers against the VIN number, once in the lifetime of the vehicle just to make sure that you got the set right papers in the right vehicle and you know everything's looking on the up and up. Um, you need to have some operational knowledge and if you recheck it you know twice a year it's a good thing. Um, it's a good thing to look up your load limit and weight and how much your tires will handle on on a load. Um, Also, how much you are able to uh, travel on the road with without having to go to the way scale inspection stations. So just know that. Um, Also, you want to uh, check your... um, This is uh, not operational knowledge. This is two times per year at least. Check tire inflation tread. Um, and see if, uh, you know, your tires have been rotated or not, or what's been going on with them. Um, A lot of times with tires, when you're replacing tires, you want to either replace them in twos or fours, um, and the reason being is that they wear uh, evenly on the front and back, you know, um, and then if you change the tires, there's an actual schedule that you can change tires and in which direction they need to be changed type of things so that you get the best wear off of your tires. You're going to check for all your safety equipment. That means your um, spare beekeeping gear, uh, extra gloves, hat, net hat, that kind of stuff. It also means your extra uh, spare beekeeping tools such as a hive tool, knives, etc., um, you're going to be checking your emergency kit looking for your jumpers your tow vest or your tow uh, cable your vests your flares uh, triangles things that you need for signaling in case you break down on the highway uh, later on at night um, and you need to go underneath your vehicle and check your spare for inflation to see if it's inflated to the proper level and the tread that you have with your your, uh, vehicle uh, or with your spare tire underneath. Um, So that's that's two times a year. Um, One time a year, you might want to torque your wheel nuts. um, And the reason is... the closest that I came to death when I was, uh, serving in the sandbox is back in the States. Somebody had pulled the tires off, done, um, maintenance on the tires and put the tires back on. And, uh, they omitted the idea of properly torquing the, um, nuts on the, on the vehicle. It was a five ton vehicle. And, uh, of course, we ended up getting deployed, and uh, with uh, the way it goes down in the States, you deploy with the equipment that you have, and then you gain equipment there. So um, we deployed with the vehicles that we had. We were uh, um, we were uh, a unit that uh, handled things like beans, bullets, and uniforms. Um, and we handled uh, POL, petroleum and lubricants. We handled a lot of other things as well. But uh, we, uh, when we went over, um, we were supposed to be able to take what we had and have confidence that what we had was going to last us a little while. Well, it ended up that I uh, was uh, in the passenger seat, or I was the A driver, it's called, And then assistant driver. or uh, And then the uh, actual driver, um, Private McCain. (laughs) Freaking awesome guy. Um, We are driving along and uh, going top convoy speed. And we had just passed um, the Kuwaiti border. And we were going into Indian territory. And we were deploying to our um, forward operating area. And uh, we're driving along and all of a sudden our, our vehicle started bouncing. And it was like we were going over, um, we were going over small little bumps in the road or, or and they were even bumps <laughs> or, or uh, the uh, speed bumps or something. We just didn't know what was going on. So, um, and we were supposed to convoy to the rear, which means that you watch the person behind you Um, every minute or so you take a look behind you and then you, uh, make sure that you're going an appropriate speed so that they can, that they're not falling behind type of thing. And so, um, we were doing that. And so we decided we needed to stop because there was something seriously wrong with the vehicle. We pulled over and everybody behind us pulled over, but nobody in front pulled over. They just kept going. (laughs) <laughs> so we broke the convoy, and uh, of course our our the um, the chief I believe is I think I think it was a warrant officer came up from the back and and he was all pissed off. He was just chewing us out, and we're like, "Look, we're stopping because this is there's something seriously wrong with this vehicle." And he said, "Get back in that f and vehicle, and you effing and drive that vehicle." and uh don't be stopping anymore we're in indian territory and and things could go bad here and we're like okay <laughs> great <laughs> so we climbed into the vehicle and we cinched down our our straps real hard and everything and and we uh started to go and i said to my partner private mccain i said uh Uh, And sorry for the language, but I said, all right, let's drive this bitch into the ground. (laughs) And sure enough, we were driving along and that bumpiness got worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden, the tire left our vehicle. Absolutely just left the vehicle. And um, it got quiet. And uh, that's never a good thing. (laughs) We were in a a very heavy vehicle with... uh, uh, treads on it that were very aggressive so you heard it on the highways it really made a great big hum but it got quiet all of a sudden and we watched our passenger wheel our passenger front wheel speed out past us and then uh make a uh uh shit hook and and head back around and and go down the other highway <laughs> and uh and uh we looked at each other, and <laughs> he carefully um, laid that uh, um, drum um, the uh, brake drum carefully onto the onto the cement or or the roadway, and uh, we s- slowed down slowly he didn't stomp on the brakes he didn't freak out he was so calm and level headed and I just I think that angels had us underneath the axle, letting it down so nicely, because um, when we finally came to a stop, we found out that our axle had snapped, and that the uh, uh lugs on the uh where the tire attaches had sheared off all of them had sheared off and uh <laughs> We got out and touched the ground, and we were like, "Oh Lord, <laughs> because we um the axle dug into the into the pavement or into the cement, and uh had that gone down any harder while we were going as fast as we were, um, we would have done an endo we would have gone end over end <laughs> so Uh, We were really, really um, upset at the convoy leader that came up from the rear. He came up, and you should have seen his face. (laughs) He came up, and he was so pissed. And then he saw what happened, and he turned white because he knew he was the one who commanded us to drive that pig into the ground. And so... (laughs) He just kind of scooted away, and, and honestly, we didn't see him again until we arrived to the to the location that we were going to be stopping at. And uh, we ended up having to to do our um, our checks, where you check immediately around your vehicle, and then farther out, and then farther out, and then we uh, deployed out and pointed our weapons out at the other direction and everything just because we didn't know what was going to happen. And and usually when convoys break down, that's when they usually take the advantage and, and come and try and get you because they ain't playing. And when you leave a vehicle there, uh, it's stripped down to the parts that they can't carry. So they'll take every bolt and, and piece of metal off that vehicle that they can carry. So we didn't want to leave it behind, so we, we waited until... The U.S. uh, Forces tow trucks came and and picked it up, and and me and McCain jumped in the back of another vehicle and drove to our new home that way. So just a a quick little story of telling you how important it is. Something like torquing your um, lug nuts is on a vehicle. Um, Literally, you could end up uh, ass over tea kettle on that one so anyways you're going to also check your uh, first aid equipment Um, you're going to open up the kit you're going to go through inventory it uh, twice a year you're also going to check for like up here in canada we have block heaters that uh, warm up our oil so that uh, it actually flows through the engine when it's uh, when it's uh, really crappily cold Um, And uh, we need to check uh, the uh, wire on it to see if it's uh, been pulled or frayed, if it's been into the fan fan area and and got clipped a little bit. You know, you just got to check it out. Um, Fire extinguisher. uh, You should have a fire extinguisher on your beekeeping truck. Uh, Wax tends to burn big. (laughs) And uh, heaven knows, you know, a smoker can throw off a spark and and light up the prairie and and burn you, burn you into insolvency. Um, up here in Alberta, when you start a fire, um, you're responsible for um, the damages. So if it burns through a farmer's field and and chews up some of his forage, um, or burns down um, telephone poles with wires on it, or his fence poles, you get to pay for the replacement of all those things. So it's important to have a fire extinguisher on your vehicle. The uh, vehicle-borne fire extinguisher and uh, if you carry a rake or a, a fire broom or something like that, those are very important but very um, not used very much. Um, usually fire extinguishers are used for escape only, so if somebody's in a burning vehicle and you need to get in there to unbuckle them, um, literally it's for escape. You go and you uh, use a fire extinguisher to knock down the flames while you're sticking your head in there trying to uh, unbuckle the person and get them out. Um, also, you know, if you're in, in a building and you are got to use a fire extinguisher, the fire extinguisher is used for you to exit the building. So, if you come to an area where it's, it's pretty well engulfed and, and there's nowhere else you can go, you use your fire extinguisher to exit the building. Um, however, in beekeeping, that's not the case. Beekeeping, if you can get that fire right away as fast as possible, uh, you will uh, save yourself a lot of money in, uh, in <laughs> fees and stuff that you have to replace farmer's things. And, uh, some, some places require you to pay the, the fire crew that came out. So pay a fine to the fire crew. So it's important to be able to have a fire extinguisher and, and uh fire broom, maybe a, a fire blanket as well, but definitely a fire broom or a fire rake. <clears throat> um, and some people also include a shovel because, uh, sometimes you can, Um, grab a thing of dirt and fling it at some open flame and it'll be enough to to knock it down a little bit. Um, You're going to need to uh, check your grease points and the grease underneath the vehicle and the different nipples that it has. Um, It's a good thing to go once or twice a year and just try and use a grease gun on those grease points. Alright, so inspect daily or inspect Every use we're going to uh, talk about all these things that you need here I want you to know that um, these are very important things to do Um, and I want you to do this even with your personal vehicle okay so uh, lights so you're gonna be turning on your headlights you're gonna be checking your turn signals checking your brake lights You're going to be checking your dome light, interior dash lights, seeing if all of them are functioning. Some things are deal breakers, where you essentially just have to shut the vehicle off and walk back and and, uh, repair it right away. Um, Things like uh, um, headlights or searchlights that uh, help with uh, some of the nighttime beekeeping stuff you have to do. Um... Interior dash lights, if you're driving your vehicle and you can't see your speed, that's a problem. So just, just try and make sure that you uh, do those light checks. Liquids and lubricants, you're going to be checking your oil levels, coolant levels, power steering levels, transmission levels, grease. Um, again, grease levels. Uh, you really can't check your grease levels, but uh, you know you, you check to make sure that the things that need to be greased are greased. Um, and also you're, you want to check to make sure you have spare replacement fluids. Okay. So if something is low, that should trigger you to go fill it up, (laughs) not just report it and say, oh, it's low. I don't know. Okay. So if you find it, you fix it. Okay. So that's, that's what we're, that's where we're going with that. You find it, you fix it. Um, and yeah, it's going to throw you off your, your time schedule a little bit, but you need to build into your, your startup schedule in the morning um, a little bit of time to go through all of this. Now, once you get started on this, once you get started checking all these things, the first 10, 15 times, you'll literally have to go off of a list. Um, but after that, you'll be able to get it really quick. It'll just come to you, click, 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 right? So that's what we want. Um, we also while you're checking the fluids and you got the hood up check to see the belt conditions so there are usually two to three belts that go in there and you want to check them while the engine is off and you want to make sure that you don't have automatic starting stuff to cool stuff and whatever um, just so that you're not putting your fingers on something that's going to start up and, and catch your fingers. Okay. But essentially most vehicles, the um, the coolant fan in the front will start up if it's too hot automatically by itself, but usually not any of the belts because that's uh, run by uh, the motor. And so you want to make sure that you're you're only touching the things that you know that aren't going to start <laughs> automatically. So you go and in the middle of the belt, you give a little bit of a press on the belt. And if it's springy and it pops back, that's good. But if you press on it and it's like kind of loose and you can grab it and slip it back and forth across the rollers, that's bad. Or if you notice that it's missing. And again, I'm gonna go back to my military experience. We had a sergeant who got a fuel mission and he had to have this fuel mission go. And so he started up a vehicle, drove it out, and had it running for us and said, all right, boys, this is your fuel mission. Gave us the coordinates, gave us the comm channels, uh, did a weapons check with us as far as uh, that we had ammo and and, uh, our weapons with us, did a... check for water to make sure we had enough water for the day. You know, do you have a spare ration? Great. All right. So we're, you guys are ready to go. Um, here's the trip list, jump in the vehicle, go. So, but I had a, a, corporal with me who was, um, he was our NBC corporal and at the time I was a specialist. So he was a little bit higher than me in, in rank. And, um, uh, he had a little more experience, And, uh, he said to this sergeant, he says, hell no. And the sergeant looked at him and said, what? He said, we're shutting the thing off. We're doing our own PMCS. And when we're ready, we'll go. And he's like, no, you don't have time. You have to get this fuel mission done. You have to go fuel up this person at this grid. And he says, no, listen to me, sergeant. I'm telling you, we are not until we have this PMCS done ourselves that we're satisfied. And so we went out, turned off the vehicle, he opened up the hood, took a look at what was going on underneath the hood and started doing his checks underneath the hood. And the fan was leaning up against the engine, not even attached to the belts, not even going to do anything. So we're in 130 degree Fahrenheit weather. (laughs) And we're expected to drive like two to three hours there, two to three hours back and do our fuel mission. And it did not even have a fan for cooling the engine. We'd have got maybe half an hour, hour out, and that engine probably would have blown up. (laughs) And uh, so he deadlined the vehicle, walked back in threw the stuff on the sergeant's desk and said, you know what, I am bringing you up on charges. (laughs) And the sergeant looked at us because he knew. Sergeant looked at us and, and said, "Now, now!" And we're like, "No, no, we're not going on this mission." And uh, so we walked into. We our uh, our butter bar had a, a um, open door policy, so we walked into him and uh, through our PMCs checklist on there with the huge big circle around what we had deadlined and said, this is what's happened. We are not going on this fuel mission. You're going to have to find some other idiots to do it or find us another vehicle. And, uh, the butter bar looked at that and, and looked at us and said, very good. Thank you. And we walked out of there and that Sergeant was pissed, but you know what? Crap rolled down the hill. And, uh, I don't know what ever happened to that, but Yeah. <laughs> we uh we uh we probably saved our own lives that day. Um getting caught in the middle of uh bad guy territory with uh a vehicle that's not running, just the two of us. Eesh. <laughs> Anyways, um that's that's something that you need to do. You need to you need to check those things, right? All right, on to Our next thing here I gotta grab my eyeballs and put them on my nose here Um, okay so we are looking at uh, oil levels coolant levels power steering transmission levels Um, you're going to be looking you're going to uh, close the hood and start doing an external damage inspection so you're going to be walking around the vehicle, and generally you do two walks around the vehicle. Uh, the first walk around the vehicle is inspecting damage. The second walk around the vehicle, you're pointed outwards, and you're looking for uh, a safety check for anything you might—well, uh, driving dangers, anything you might drive over, any holes in the ground that that if you went in, it unbalanced your load— Um, anything that you you need to avoid, um, swampy areas that you need to avoid, um, you know, things like that. And uh, while you're doing that, while you're going around and while you're checking under the hood, you're going to be checking for, and I know, excuse me, I know this is um, something that... You don't really do normally, but um, you, you're you probably going to be in a farm environment. Excuse me, I had to get a drinky there. Um, a farm environment, so you're, um, you've got pets and animals and stuff around there. Cats love, during chilly weather, to climb up in an engine that has been running all day and sleep there at night. So when you pop the hood... And a cat jumps out at you, just know that you 're doing your job. <laughs> Clean up your drawers and uh, drive on. but yeah, you need to look for animals like uh, cats and dogs and that kind of thing. You know if you have a, a puppy who loves you who is uh, wandering around your vehicle and you can 't take them with you on your on your uh, work day um, you got to make sure that puppies either uh, taken away from the vehicle so you don 't run them over or he doesn't chase your tires or um, a cat underneath the hood or sitting underneath your exhaust pipe trying to get warm when it's a little bit chilly outside. So uh, just be looking out for them. Um, Also in areas where there are other people, you're going to be uh, just keeping an eye out for the two legged predators who are checking you out. Um, Unfortunately in this time, day and age, that's a worry, you do have to worry about that. So just be checking for them as well, just in case. All right, you are going to be doing, um, as you're going around, you're going to be checking for scrapes, uh, dents, rust, rock chips in the windshield, wiper damage, rubber seals, and silicone damage. Um, You're also going to be checking for leaks under the vehicle, which involves getting down, putting your knee in the muck, and uh, checking underneath the vehicle for puddles. Um, It is a good thing to do. Uh, Your antifreeze is kind of sweet and good tasting to cats, so just know that if there are any leaks or anything underneath, you need to note how much. You need to take a look at where it's coming from. If it's just a a one-time drip and then nothing for like five minutes, that's a very slow, slow leak. If it's a drip, 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 that's a very fast leak. You're gonna need to do something about it prior to starting your vehicle up and and running it, right? Um, So, um, and it's very important to note where underneath the vehicle it is. And it's a good thing to park your vehicle slightly in a slightly different place every time so that you're not getting the the same puddle that you're looking at going Well, I fixed that yesterday. What's going on? (laughs) There's more stuff under there, but it's not more stuff. It's just the same stuff. So be checking underneath the vehicle for any leaks. Um, Also, pay attention to your nose. Um, A vehicle has smells, and you can smell when the uh, coolant is dripping out. You can smell the gas if there's a gas leak. You can smell the oil. You could smell any burning, residual burning that was happening. You could smell um, a very different burning smell is the smell of burning wires. So keep, you know, keep your nose listening and, or or keep your nose listening. Oh my. (laughs) Keep your nose uh, uh, sniffing and and testing the air, that kind of thing. So (laughs) Um, now we're also looking for... um, when we start the engine, uh, we're going to be listening for the sound, possible number of cranks that you have to do, so rah, 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 that that kind of thing. Um, whether or not uh, the gauges are working once it turns on, you're going to get out and go and look at the exhaust once you turn it on, and keep your eye in the mirror. Uh, when you turn it on to see if you have a big, huge black plume coming out the back. Uh, Some of these diesel trucks, you just can't help it. That's just the way it is. That's uh, uh, unburned fuel, and it stinks to high heavens, and and you get this little bit of a cloud that comes out, but then it resolves itself. You need to go back and take a look at the exhaust. If you're uh, exhausting out black stuff, that's bad. (laughs) If you're starting to exhaust out uh, kind of a white stuff, uh Not really smoke, but white mist stuff that 's bad um, you know just kind of pay attention to what it is if it 's normal for that vehicle um, maybe ask about it, but uh, you don 't want to have to write it down every single time um you 're going to be listening for any backfires uh, when you get up and you 're turning the thing on um, let it run for a little bit and then you're going to check the wheel wiggling it back and forth to see its responsiveness and to see whether or not there's any play in the wheel Um, so when you turn it you don't immediately get a on the wheel where it's moving with it you get a bit of a play before it it does anything Um, that can indicate that you need a little more uh, steering fluid it can indicate a few other things as well. So just check that out. Um, you're also going to be checking any communications gear you have, um, in some areas where you're, you're riding on logging roads or, or into farmer's fields or that kind of thing. It's important to be able to CB ahead and say, Hey, by the way, I'm coming down this road. I'm a big ass truck. So, or, um, making sure that you have a plug-in for your cell, um, having a plug-in for your cell phone is very important if you're working out there all day and you look at your phone and it's got two percent charge, and you start your vehicle and it kind of dies on you and you're sitting out there in the middle of a farmer's field, <laughs> bad thing. Um, less l- less common are sat phones, text machines, or um, bag phones. We don't use bag phones anymore, but you know if you can have a, a, a better cell phone with some battery. Um, a heavier cell phone with battery, that's a good thing. Um, check your auxiliary equipment on your vehicle. So that means your tailgate lift, your boom lift, your, crane, or your boom crane, whatever you have that's special on your vehicle. Check it out. Make sure that it's okay. But here's what you're going to be checking. You inspect the bearings, grease points, control cables, covers, batteries, guards, hoses, pins, safety gear, fasteners, bolts, screws, uh, looking for any excess dirt, honey, or wax that is built up on stuff. Um, Sometimes you're just going to need to take your vehicle over at the end of a day and just hose the hell out of it. Just hose it off and just get it clean because, oh my gosh. And uh, if you have a power washer and you are careful where you put the power washer because you don't want to... power wash a hole into one of these high pressure lines Um, you know wash everything off wash the equipment off and then reapply uh any lubricants that need to go on certain places to keep the rust off um and i think the last thing we need to talk about is records make sure that you're keeping your records um You want to note when the next scheduled oil change is. Write down any deficiencies or damage um, or fluid level changes. Uh, Note the gas level. Um, Note the kilometers on it um, and uh, write it down. Um, It's always a good thing to be able to write down your kilometers from when you gas up and then check your gas mileage that's happening because a lot of times you can uh, discover some issues when your gas mileage goes up. So that's that's another thing that you want to do as well is, is records. You want to write stuff down so that you have the ability to go back the next year and say, okay, yeah, we went through, or Num, when you gas up, how many liters? Be able to go through and say, okay, we went through Um, 2,000 liters of gas, and uh, we need to um, ask for our GST back on that or whatever we need to do, Uh, gouging and screwing tax. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, national leaders. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the GST is a a national thing, and then, then if you happen to live in a province who loves to tax the frick out of you as well, your PST and, and then, you know, your local taxes and everything like that. But, um, you can apply back, you know, because you're, uh, considered an agricultural business. A lot of this is, um, tax refundable. So you can put into your, your thing. Okay. We've, we've traveled this many kilometers. We've, uh, gassed up this many times, this many liters, You can put all that stuff in and claim it. So it might not do anything, but at least you can claim it and possibly get some money back. Um, Also, um, there are some um, monies out there from states and provinces and and sometimes uh, the country um, of grants and and loans and stuff like that for when your vehicle is, you know, you use your vehicle lots and and you happen to be a favoured industry um, you might get some uh, provincial grants or loans uh, with the uh, um, expectation of forgiveness after two thirds of the loan is paid off that kind of thing so uh so yeah that's the reason why you want to keep keep notes on things like that all right so we've gone we've come to the end of this. I want you guys to to start putting into practice this in your daily lives with your personal vehicle. You don't have to go this heavy into it, but you know what? If you're a knowledgeable owner operator, you're going to be doing this the moment you get onto your work site and uh, your boss is going to notice. Your accountant is going to (laughs) notice if you're an owner. Um, You're you're not going to be stuck on the side of the highway usually. Cause you notice these things happening before they become a really big problem and you can save yourself some big costs. Why blow an engine in a huge big vehicle when you can figure out that you got yourself a slow oil leak and you can replace the oil and, and fix the leak. Right? So let's get it done. Let's do it guys. Anyways, if you like what I'm doing, please make sure that you like and subscribe. Give me five stars or 10 stars or 15 stars, whatever. Um, Also make sure that you drop by, and even if you're not going to uh, um, do lots over there, drop by Library TV or Odyssey and uh, look me up and and watch one of my videos. It really helps to, uh, um, over on Odyssey and Library, I get paid a little bit each time somebody watches my stuff. Um, I also, and not by you necessarily, by by Odyssey, And uh, I also get paid on some of the things I've started putting on that you have to pay me one cent to watch a a video of mine. Um, I also am archiving some videos from the internet that I believe are going to be disappearing. Uh, YouTube has uh, done wonders at uh, um, making people who have important information disappear and I don't want our, um, beekeeping knowledge to, to go away. So let's, uh, you know, start archiving some of your more favorite stuff off of YouTube, if you can. And let's, uh, let's put it out there on the sites that are actually going to remain. I don't think YouTube is long for this world. Um, they have definitely pissed me off and I am no longer posting on YouTube. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's up to us to, to pass on this knowledge as I'm doing to you guys here on, on the podcast platforms. Um, and I'm doing this essentially free of charge. Um, and I belong to a, a, a group that puts out broadcasts on almost every platform that does podcasts. And that particular platform is making money off of me and I'm not making any money. Um, however I am getting the exposure and, uh, if you guys are liking my videos and subscribing, I'm getting a lot of, uh, uh, positive reinforcement. And also we're driving more people into uh, listening to this podcast so that you know we can share the knowledge. Um, also, if you need to contact me, you can contact me at fatbhoneyranch at gmail.com, all small letters, no spaces. And um, the other thing that I uh, ask is if you got a little bit of Bitcoin laying around and, and you want to help me out, uh, please um, on the icon that I have for, uh, my podcast is a little scan code, uh, for Bitcoin. You can deposit a little bit into my account. I would really appreciate it. I'm working on trying to get some more, um, equipment so that I can do, um, stuff with visual stuff, <laughs> you know, buying a, a bigger computer with, uh, um, a larger, Uh, video card on it. Um, The one that I have is super old and needs to be replaced. So um, if you guys could help me out with that, I'd really appreciate it. And if you guys are finding that this is helping out, please support me in some of those ways. Also, please support your local um, beekeepers. Um, If you are interested in beekeeping and if you um, are willing to put down um, essentially $600 a hive. That's uh, like 250, for, $250, $300 for the bees, and then $300 for the woodenware. And then you're investing this, that, and the other thing. The least you can do is find yourself a mentor and and throw him a little bit of cash to, to help him or her out. But find a mentor so that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and not killing bees. And uh, also it would be a really good idea for those of you who are just starting up to go out and put your money into a beekeeping class that with an actual beekeeping teacher, because uh, there are things that I can't show you on here. And there are questions that you're just too shy to ask that you can ask them. And they are usually questions that will save you from replacing your bees year after year after year. So. Please go support your local people. And uh, also, if you're enjoying this, please drop me a line. Please drop me a line. I I really appreciate hearing from you guys. If I'm in any of your groups on Facebook or or in some of the other places, please drop me a line and and say, hey, I'm listening, really like it, whatever you need to say. Or, you know, the negative negative things are are okay too. Um, I had a negative uh, thing sent to me oh, I guess it was like a year ago, um, I, on my bottles of honey, had a bee barfing into a container, and I said uh, on the top, like, pure uh, bee barf, <laughs> you know, and 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 put it in some nice marketing terms, but kind of grossero, kind of yuck. And uh, I got the comment that... Um, many people don't enjoy the, the, uh, grossness of your sticker. So please make a plainer sticker. And I was like, well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. But I also know that people walk by the bottles of my honey and go, ah, look at that. That's so awesome. I'm going to buy that and, and gift it to somebody. So it's, it's just a different marketing ploy. But at the same time, I did appreciate that person reaching out to me. So, um, if you have any of those comments about my uh, podcast that you'd like to to me to improve on or if you have any other comments please send them by negative positive i don't really mind and uh, i appreciate you guys listening so be happy